What's up, Lamb Fam? Welcome back to the Life After Miscarriage podcast, where we unapologetically chat the ins and outs of what life is actually like after miscarriage. I'm your host, Shelly Metling, and with four angel babies myself and one rainbow baby here on earth, I have created a platform for you guys to share your stories. So sit back, relax, get ready to relate, laugh, and cry as we get real on what life is actually like after miscarriage in the 21st century. Hello, everyone. We have Deanna Fink on the episode today. I am so excited. Her and I just spent like 15 minutes talking and I was like, we should probably just start this episode. So here we are, Deanna. I'm just going to throw it at you. Start wherever you'd like. Okay. Thanks, Shelly. Um, okay. So my husband and I met when we were 19. Um, it was the summer between our sophomore year in college. And um, dated all through college, and we got married pretty young, I think, for our kind of generation, sort of. I feel like maybe all my friends have slowly got married later. We got married when we were 24, so we had been dating for five years by that point. And um, yeah, we got married, and um, everything was great, and we knew we wanted kids, but it was just kind of, you know, we're young, we're 24. So we, we, one of our biggest hobbies is to travel together. So we spent a ton of time just traveling all over the world. And, um, I think once we had been married for a few years, I think four years, we were like, okay, maybe we should, we should do this or let's start trying. And so, um, it was pretty easy when, um, we first started trying, my husband is a firefighter. So the very first month he ended up being on shift for, I think it was normally he's on shift for 48 hours, but I think it, the first month we were trying, it was 72. So it kind of fell over that peak ovulation time. And so I wasn't super shocked that we didn't get pregnant the first month, but then, um, we got pregnant, uh, shortly after, I think two months later. And we actually found out we were in Brazil when we found out we were expecting our daughter. And, um, yeah, our, my pregnancy was really easy. I, I, I think it's funny because I, I've heard a lot of these podcasts before and all these, you know, you have said it and a lot of other women have said, Oh, we were so naive. And I think we were also, it was super easy. You know I mean? I was, I was sick, but we conceived very easily. The pregnancy was normal. Um, I was induced at 38 weeks, um, because I had really high blood pressure and was close to preeclampsia status. So she, my doctor didn't feel comfortable sending me home. And, um, it was a little, my birth story was a little with, my daughter was a little traumatic. Um, she, like I said, I was induced and we actually went in just for a routine OB appointment. My husband had nothing packed. Um, I didn't have, I had my bag packed, but obviously it wasn't with me and, um, they ended up keeping us. And then she wasn't born until 60 hours later. And, um, three days is a very long time <laughs> to be in labor. And it was, um, you know, every, all these things kept going wrong. Um, you know, I wasn't dilating my they had to break my water and then I was, my water was broken for too long before she actually um, was born. And, you know, I got, we contracted choreo, which is a bacterial placenta or bacterial infection of the placenta. And so then she had to be on a continuous IV. And then once she was born, um, she kept losing weight. She didn't latch. Um, so they put her in the NICU and, you know, it was like a week and a half later before we finally went home with this miniature tiny little baby that we didn't realize was going to be so small. So we had nothing to put her in. So we're like scrambling, trying to find preemie clothes. And 
Um, I remember people while we were in the hospital messaging us saying, you know, we want to see pictures of the baby and why have you, you know, what's going on? And, um, my best friend at the time <laughs> was like, there is no baby. Like she's still not here. And so it was funny. And people were like, wait, it took three days. And it was just madness. Um, so yeah, I mean, we, I think, so I'm a nanny and I've been a nanny for, um, at this point about almost eight years. And so I think I thought that I was super ready and totally well equipped and prepared to have a child and the universe totally just slapped me in the face and was like sucker like you have no idea what you're doing and um I think I thought that it was going to be super easy like I'm a nanny I take care of kids and then obviously we had our daughter and it was madness like sleep deprivation is real like there is a reason they use it as a form of torture and I just was like (laughs) holy cow like how is this happening like we like my husband and I were like we don't even we can't function. Like he's a firefighter. And so he's used to like getting up and running and in the middle of the night and getting woken up and just being like functional on little sleep. But I think that even he was like totally unprepared for what newborn life was like. And we both were like, holy crap, like maybe we don't want more kids. Like this is nuts. And, um, it was just wild. And so she, we, a lot of people were like, when do you guys want more? Cause of course you get married and they say, when do you want kids? And then you have a kid and then you're not, you don't even push it out before they're like, when do you want more? And, and so we got that for so many years. And finally, um, we went on a trip together, um, just the two of us and we were in, in the pool and, and he was like, do you really not want any more? And I was like, Oh, I don't, I don't think I can say like, this is it for us. And so, um, we went kind of both agreed that we, we wanted one more and we would try, you know, in the coming months, like we'd kind of like mull it over and, and really wrap our heads around that. And so, and this was last, um, August that we kind of had that conversation. And, um, at this point, my daughter is, um, was almost three. And so, um, in December of 2018, we, um, well, actually backing up just a little bit, I had gotten back on birth control, obviously after I had stopped, um, nursing and like pumping. And, um, we, my doctor, I had emailed her after a few months and was like, Hey, something's kind of off. Like I, I went in to see her and I was like, I just don't like, I like this birth control, like hormonally is kind of messing with me. Like I felt like it totally like, killed my sex drive and it was like super weird. And, and I was like, is that normal? And she's like, Oh my gosh, it's totally normal. Let's put you on a, you know, a specific one and I'll write like dispenses written. And so come like, you know, after my husband and I had the conversation about us trying again, um, I had emailed my doctor and I said, Hey, like something's going on. Like, I don't, again, like, you know, we said dispense is written for this birth control, but it's like not really like working. Like I feel like it's, they'll give me like the generic brand and it, for some reason it's just different. And so, um, we had said we would start trying in January of 2019, um, of this year. And, but because the birth control was like, I just hormonally was messing with me. I just like tossed it out and was like, it's fine. Like, we'll just in the middle of my like cycle, I think I'd only been on it. I've been taking it for like a week. I just like threw it away. And so that was in December. And so, um, uh, we ended up getting pregnant in December and, um, like right away we were super shocked and I was like, holy cow, like we're really fertile. Like this is, totally easy like no problem and um so we decided with this with this pregnancy we decided not to tell anyone um with our previous pregnancy we you know we were open and told everybody but um I I just felt different I don't know we had just had a, a friend I had a close friend of mine that had just miscarried and I just felt and for some reason I felt some weird reason like I 
that I just didn't want to tell people. And so, um, we, I uh, just found out that my best friend, um, was pregnant. She told us in December. And, and so that was super exciting. And so when we found out we were pregnant, I was like, Oh my God, like our babies are going to be so close. And, um, they'll be a month apart. Like exactly. We were due, we would have been due exactly a month apart. And, um, just a little bit of backstory with that. Um, my whole family, so I was born and raised in Washington, but my whole family, uh, my parents moved with my brothers down to, to Texas, which is where my mom is from after I graduated high school. So I don't really have any family here in Washington. And so I've also kind of adopted my husband. I mean, obviously I've been married for, you know, nine years at this point. So I have adopted his family, but I didn't, I, my support system kind of is, are my friends. Um, we, I, you know, my, my best friend is, you know, to my daughter is auntie and all of, you know, my, my girlfriends, I have a lot of girlfriends from high school, actually, that I'm still really close with and college and things like that. We, that are all aunties and uncles, you know, to my, my daughter. And so that's kind of where my support system is. So I feel like when I say like my best friend, she is, she's like a sister, you know, like she's, she's my daughter's aunt and we're really close. And so, um, yeah, we were super stoked that, you know, we would, and she didn't know yet cause we hadn't told her. And so, you know, January, um, rolls through and Martin, I think it's MLK. Yeah. Martin Luther King day. I was like, okay, I had planned to tell my best friend and, um, we, she was going to come over and I'd bought her an outfit and our baby an outfit that matched. And I was going to give her the outfit and tell her that way, like, you know, from the baby, like, let's match or can't wait to be best friends or something like that. And she ended up not being able to like, get together that day for some reason. And so I was a little bummed, but I was like, okay, it's cool. Like maybe I'll just wait till our first ultrasound and then I'll put the picture in the card with the outfit and it'll be even better. And, and so, um, we went out to dinner on, it was, uh, January 26th. And at this week, I, at this point, it was, uh, seven weeks and we, it was, my husband also has some really close friends from high school. It's uh, that, we, and that was one of them that we went out with and he and him and his wife and he slipped up and said kids, I think some at some point during this dinner and they were like kids. And so then we ended up telling them that we were pregnant, but we hadn't planned on it. And so it was like super shocking a little bit. We weren't really prepared, <laughs> but it was just like, we were like, okay, okay, well, like this is happening. So we'll, you know, we'll tell them. And, um, the very next day I started spotting and my husband was at work and so I called the nurse line and I didn't have any spotting or anything with our, with our daughter. And, um, so they said, you know, have you, have you had intercourse lately? And, or, you know, and I said, yeah, you know, and she's like, okay, it could be from that. You know, there's a lot of, you know, blood rushes and all the nerves, everything's a little bit more, um, busy obviously when you're pregnant and so I was like okay and she's like you know is it is it dark brown or is it bright red and I was like well it's you know it's it's pretty bright and she's like okay well it's not normal but you know like what they all say but it, it's it can happen and whatever and so I ended up taking my daughter with a girlfriend to you know this trampoline bounce place and um you know it, I just it, it just never stopped and so um we get out of the trampoline place and we go to lunch and and um you know, everything, I'm just, I'm, it's just getting, I'm getting more and more anxious. And so we get into the car and I just like lose my shit. Like I just start bawling and she's like, holy crap, like what's wrong? And I was like, I think I'm having a miscarriage and I think I need to call Matt out of work and I think you need to take Madeline and I, I gotta, I just have to go to the hospital. I was, and she was like, I'm, and I was just a mess. And she was like, I was like, I didn't want to tell you this way. Cause she's, you know, one of my girlfriends and close friends. And I was like, I didn't want to tell you this is the way that I was pregnant, but you know, like, I, I don't think I am anymore. Like, I don't know what's happening. And 
And so I called Matt out of work and, um, we go to the ER and of course, you know, I'm just like hysterically crying and you feel, I, I don't know, like I felt like, again, it starts with this shame. Like you feel like silly, like walking in there being like, okay, I think I'm pregnant and or I am pregnant, but I, I don't think I am anymore. Like I think I'm miscarrying, but I don't know for sure. And so, you know, they ran, they did, they took blood work and then, you know, they, I saw an ultrasound, um, tech and, you know, she of course was so kind and said, you know, I can't tell you anything, but you can just tell like by their face, like you just know when, um, while she was doing this ultrasound, I, I peeked at the screen and I just, I could, I just, I couldn't see anything. And so they brought me back into Matt and he was just like, how did it go? And I was like, well, she couldn't tell me anything, but you know, I couldn't see anything. Like I, something's wrong. Like, I think, I think we lost the baby. And, and, um, so they came back in finally after making this wait in this like hallway in the ER for like two hours. I don't even, it wasn't that long. It felt like it was two hours, but it was a really long time. And so I came back and she said, you know, your ECG levels are really low for seven weeks. Um, you know, they're right in the hundreds. I don't remember what the number was, but should it be in the hundreds of thousands by that point, she said. And so, um, you know, she said, you know, unfortunately, I'm going to need you to follow up with your OB and, and go back for these HCG draws and make sure your levels are going down because, you know, if they go up, it could be an eptotic pregnancy. And, and, and um, I, I mean, and that was kind of it. And so we, we walked out of there thinking like, is this really happening? Like, what is going, you know what I mean? Like you just one minute you're pregnant. And, and I think the thing that was so hard for me is, is we were a week away from our OB appointment. So we didn't have an ultrasound, you know, we never got to see our baby and um, all we had were these positive pregnancy tests. And, and I have a photo of them and I was telling my husband, I was like, I, I don't want to scroll back and see these, but like, that's the only proof that I have at this point that we were pregnant and that we were, you know, like that's all I have left of this baby. And gosh, it was just so, it just, you feel like time just stands still. Like you just stand there and you're just like, everyone else is continuing to move on and everything's like whirling around you. And you're just like stuck in this spot where you're like, what the hell is happening? Like, I don't, and you just, you never expect it. Right. Like you, you, you feel like you're invincible. You're naive. You're just like, Oh, well we got pregnant so easy. The first time we have a healthy, beautiful daughter. And and it was super easy the second time. And you just, it just like hits you like a freaking semi. And you're like, I, I never expected this. And, um, I hadn't at this point, like nobody knew. And so I made my poor, poor Matt, I made him call everyone. You know, I made him call his mom and I did the same thing. I just, I couldn't do it. Like I couldn't, I literally could not verbalize. Like I, we lost the baby. Like even just saying like we miscarried or we lost, like I just, I literally couldn't speak. Like I felt like, like the words were just gone. And, and I felt bad because obviously like my best friend at the time, like, you know, she didn't even know I was pregnant and I made him call her and tell her that, um, you know, we lost the baby and, and she of course was just devastated. And, um, she had to leave work actually, like the day that he called her to tell her, she just couldn't even compose herself. Like she just had to leave work cause she was so upset. And, and I think that just goes to show like how close we really are. Um, it affected her so much in the beginning, like it did me. And, um, you know, her 12 week ultrasound would have been my, my first appointment. Um, my would have been eight weeks. And she said she left her appointment just like bawling, like, and her husband was like, are you going to be okay? And, and she, he was like, our baby's fine. And, and I think that that was the, like so hard for her, you know, she's survivor's like, guilt. Yeah. Yeah. Like our baby's fine, but like, you know, her baby's not. And, I think I, for the first few months, just kind of went through like, 
of a days. And, um, after about, well, I guess not a few months, the first month. And then, um, my girlfriends kind of, a couple of my girlfriends pulled me out and were like, let's go to this wine bar. Let's go drinking. And so we went to this wine bar and, um, and they both at the time kind of sat me down and were like, okay, we, you know, another one of our very close friends is, is pregnant. And I was like, okay. And so then they told me her that she was due in September, which is when I was due, would have been due. And, um, and then they said that she was pregnant with twins and I just lost my shit at this wine bar. Like that poor waitress was like, Oh my God, this woman's <laughs> dying. Like she's, she's dying. Like this is her last, her last night. Like I just couldn't handle myself. I just was like hysterically crying simultaneously guzzling wine because I just couldn't, I couldn't handle it. I was like, everyone around me is like moving on and having babies and living these beautiful lives. And I just, and not that my life wasn't great, but like, it just is so, sh and that's like the worst part, right? Like we have a beautiful, perfect daughter. Right. And so then you feel super guilty because you have, you are, I am a mom and I, 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 she's wonderful. And it's just, you know, there are these women that try for years to have babies and, you know, women that miscarried, you know, four times before, you know, and I just was like, I, I already am a mom and, and I'm still feeling, I just felt so guilty for feeling so sad when I already have a baby, which is like the worst ever because it wasn't allowing me to like really feel the grief. All I felt was like pain, but like guilt also. And so, I mean, and it just seemed like not only were three of my, my close friends pregnant, but like everyone and their fucking mom on Facebook is pregnant. Like it was just like a day after day after day. It was like a pregnancy announcement. And I was like, holy shit, like this sucks. Like it's just terrible. And, um, yeah, it just was awful. And so then I think I tried to tell myself for a few months that I was okay and just kind of like went through the motions. I didn't really talk to the people about it. And I'm not sure if you've noticed, if you looked on my, my Instagram, um, I actually haven't shared our story publicly. And, um, part of the reason for that is we were in a group setting once and I heard, a um, friend of my husband's comments about another woman that, um, we knew and he was just kind of going on. He was like, Oh, did you see so-and-so's post on Facebook? Like, I don't know why she would post about her miscarriage. It's so just overly sharing. And he like publicly, I mean, and I don't think he meant it in a way, like obviously his wife hasn't gone through a miscarriage at the point that he had shared that, like we hadn't gone through a miscarriage. Um, but that so sticks in your head. Yeah. yeah, totally. And I, I feel like I, I truthfully, like, I don't know that I will ever, I mean, I, I, I think I said, I told Matt, I, said, I think I'll feel more comfortable sharing maybe in, in, in a few years. Like, I don't know, but I felt mm -hmm. so much shame around it. Like they, and again, he, and I don't think he meant it obviously in a way. And even Matt, my husband was like, yeah, I understand. Like it's, it's hard to read those things. And even I know that my husband actually stopped, you know, following this person because he was like, oh, she's just an oversharer and I can't handle it. And, and so I felt so much shame around all of this over, you know, quote unquote, oversharing that I felt like I couldn't talk about it. And mm -hmm. so I think because I didn't share publicly and I only, I think I thought I was fine. I didn't talk about it. And so then I think everyone around me thought I was fine. So then no one was speaking to me about any of this. And so it's, we hit the middle of the summer and it's June and I'm, you know, planning this baby shower for my best friend. And I left that shower and just sobbed like the whole way home. And my husband was working. So I had our daughter and 
and he called me that night and he was like, how did the shower go? Cause I, I do parties. I, um, I do like dessert tables and I bake and do a ton of treats. And so he always is, you know, super interested on how I felt it went and cause I get super invested and obviously it's my best friend's baby shower. And, and I was like, I didn't, didn't think it was going to be that hard. And he was like, what do you mean? And I was like, I, I don't, I don't think I'm okay. And he was like, wait, what? And I was like, I think I thought that I was fine in handling this, but I'm not okay. And he was like, Oh, do you need me to come home? Like, I mean, like, are you, and I was like, no, no, not that, not like I can't survive, but like, I, I think I, I am hurting a lot more emotionally than I let on. And, and I think it wasn't until I threw this baby shower and we're celebrating this life that I realized, like, I, I don't, don't have my baby. And, um, yeah, I just, it's so hard when everyone around you is, you know, you, I'm happy for her and then nobody was talking to me about it. And, um, you know, so they thought I was fine. Um, but so it was, you know, no one was asking. And, and mm-hmm. then I, I think I realized that I needed people to ask, right? Like I needed people to ask me, you know, are you okay? Or how's it going? And, you know, meanwhile, you know, they tell you that, um, you know, you can try, you know, wait for a cycle and, um, you know, then you can, you can try right away. At least that's what my IOB said. I know that they're all different, but, um, so we didn't actually wait. My husband, well, my, I, they told us to, but I was like, no, I mean, it's fine. Like we'll start trying again. And so then my first cycle after our miscarriage, um, was a little bit longer. So then that gave me this false hope, right? Like that, um, you know, maybe I am pregnant again right away. And, and then of course it was just my body like regulating the hormones. And, and so then, you know, since then we've been, we've been trying every month, which is, you know, right now we're rounding on the ninth month and, um, you know, people obviously are asking about miscarriage, but then they, they don't know that we've, we're silently struggling with like not being able to conceive again, which is totally wild, you know, and new for us because the first two times it was great and easy and no complications. Right. I mean, getting pregnant anyways. And, um, it just, gosh, I think that it's just twofold, right? It's that, you know, we lost our baby or threefold, I guess we lost our baby. Everyone around us is having babies. And then now we, we don't know if we can have another baby. And, um, I think it really set in, in August when our three close friends all had their babies. And, um, you know, my, my husband was like, you know, we met, you know, not really my nephew, but you know, we call him, you know, that because she's my best friend and basically my sister. And, um, so we met him and we left there and I just sobbed and my husband was like, I think that this was way harder than we thought it was going to be. Right. Like, we, you know, he was, he was like, when they're talking about, you know, planning the nursery and, and, you know, we're seeing their baby. And he was like, I just, it hits me, you know, that we, we would, would have been doing these same, same things. Right. And, um, yeah, it's just, I felt, you know, I can, I felt guilty for not being crazy excited about my, my girlfriend's babies, but at the same time, like, it's just such a strong reminder that, we don't yeah. have ours and um we might it's hard not. to explain it's like you ha- you are you are excited for them like you totally, oh, totally are but then you're really sad and sorry for yourself and it just kind of balances each other out to this like neutral <laughs> like, well and it it you feel guilt oh absolutely and i think that that's one of the hardest things right like you mm-hmm. you 
and I always say like, you know, your joy doesn't take away, like my pain doesn't take away from your joy, right? Like Mm -hmm. you, I am so, so happy for you. But like, I think what I had mentioned before we started recording, like I felt really connected to another woman on um, the podcast and it was, she was, she had become an aunt and she was, had said like, no, I, I'm, I don't feel crazy connected to this baby. And I, I'm, I'm sad and, and I'm, I'm happy for you, but like, I hold my nephew and it just reminds me that like, I, you know, I lost my baby. And I think that that, it took me a really long time to, I mean, it feels like obviously it's been nine months, but I think I now understanding my own feelings. I understand now, like I, I'm so happy, but I, yeah, I'm just so, I'm so sad. Like I'm yeah. and, and not only that though, like now we don't, you know, we're struggling to try and get pregnant and, you know, I emailed my doctor, my OB and I went in for, um, you know, progesterone tests and I actually have hypothyroidism. So I, um, I was diagnosed at 22 and, um, I said, let's check my, my TSH levels just in case for some reason they're off. Cause I know, you know, that rate you've talked about it on the podcast before too, like the range for no, there's normal range. And then there's trying to get pregnant range. And, um, you know, it, that was fine. I'm at like a one seven. So it's totally in the range for, con- you know, trying to conceive. And, um, I, she, you know, my doctor was great. Like normally I think that they don't run those tests until, well, everywhere that I've read on any, on any sort of fertility sites or, um, clinics, they say you need to be trying for a year. And so then that's this other part that I'm totally just like pissed off about. Right. Like I I get that it can take time, but like, what the hell, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know what I mean? Like not only, and and I, another thing that I, I don't know if it was on your podcast or maybe another one that I heard, but, or maybe even just like a Instagram, someone I follow, but it was saying that like every month that you kind of start your, you start your cycle again, it's almost like reliving that grief. Like maybe it was like an infertility one. And so then it's just like, it's just a constant reminder that, you know, it's, it's one more month. Okay. Now we start this process all over again. Like, okay, now we're, we're back to the drawing board, like tracking and peeing on sticks and trying to have sex at the right times and are making sure that we are and, um, tracking it through via, you know, apps and calendars. And it's just like, why do they make you wait? (laughs) Like, why do you have to like, you just want answers. And then, you know, also you don't want anything to be wrong, but then there's this little part of you that's like, please something be wrong so that Mm -hmm. I have a reason as to why this isn't working for us. And, and you know, everyone's like, Oh, like I had a girlfriend that was like, Oh, it's okay. Sometimes it can take a really long time. And I was like, that's great. That doesn't help me. Like, don't say that (laughs) because that doesn't make it any easier or any better. And, um, I just, it's just shit. It's just, this is, so- this is exactly why I say, I always say the crazy is real after miscarriage because it is so like, well, I don't want this, but I want this. And then I don't it's like, it's so like back and forth with your emotions. Like Absolutely. you said, you don't want something to be wrong with you, but at the same time you want something to be wrong with you. And it's like, how do you not go nuts? Well, and that coupled with like the peeing on the sticks, and right. I mean, it's just a and lot. Hiding, right? Like hiding them in drawers so that you're. <laughs> I mean, totally. I did that. I don't know if you did. No, that. absolutely. Um, yeah, because 
I don't want like, and even I laughed because my husband, he was like, okay, so I need, I need the calendar. So I've been like personally tracking it. And even just like a week ago, he was like, I think I'm going to need to see the calendar. Like I need to see when we're having sex and when we need to have sex. And I was like, okay, you really want to be like that invested. Like you want to be a part of this? (laughs) Yeah. No, I was like, you want me to like put it on the wall? Like I'll put it on the wall. Like we'll mark it off with like colorful pens and you get a sticker every time. Like, I mean, if that's what you, and I think that like he, like, and he's, bless his heart. Like he's so like, he's very empathetic. Like he actually even listened. He asked me about the podcast and he's like, I want to listen. He's, he's, I told him that there were two men so far that I had listened to like your husband and one other man. Mm -hmm. And he went through and he listened to both those podcasts and um because I think he's very much like I want to know like okay you're sad and he's he's such a man that wants to like fix, I think all men want to fix it and so he's mm-hmm. like how what can I do you know does that mean that we write we throw it up on the wall and I'm, I'm very aware and so I was like okay do you want to keep spending money on ovulation tests because it's been we're entering this ninth month of trying and it's not they're not cheap right no, and so they're so expensive oh my god and so it was funny i i got like amazon came and it whatever one of i mean we get amazon it's like every day we get something from amazon i swear it's the worst but um one of them had his name on it and i opened it and it was ovulation test and i just laughed and i was like okay like he's he wants to be involved in and in, you know on it and he he i mean obviously he's he was aware, but I didn't tell him, you know, like, okay, it's this date or these three dates or whatever. And then also his job doesn't make it easy because he's not home every night. So then he's like, I'll call in. <laughs> it's like, that. Like, yeah. like, this is like getting a little out of hand, right? Like, he's gonna call me so that we can have sex. Like, I mean, he was like, yeah, I can. <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like, it's just, oh my God. It's so, it just sucks. And I think it's just, I didn't anticipate feeling this way. Like, obviously you're sad, but I think I didn't anticipate feeling, and I don't want to say jealousy because I don't, I'm not jealous of my friends' lives, right? Like I love my life, but at the same time, like it's, you're watching, it's other people live this joy that you are still grieving from and nobody gets it. Like if they haven't been through it, they don't understand. And then, you know, they're not asking. And so then I find myself like, reaching out to strangers on the internet, <laughs> like someone talk to me, like, let's, like, can I, I need to figure out, like, I need to feel like I'm not the only one. And, and then, you know, now just really wrapping my head around, maybe, maybe we won't have another baby, you know, maybe this will be more difficult. And then I think the other complete opposite side of that is, okay, well, you know, once we hit a year, can we do the more invasive testing, right? The HSG mm-hmm. and then, you know, the, the sperm test for him, like, but then, you know, you have to think like cost wise, right? Like yeah. where, where, and I think that that's something people don't talk about and it pisses me off because I mean, I hear again, I've been listening to your podcast and I'm hearing all these women like, okay, yeah, this is, you know, this is what we did. And then I was like, wait a minute. Did, like my insurance doesn't cover this. <laughs> how did so, you afford that? Yeah. How, yeah. And so like, I don't want to be, I, I feel like I'm just trying to be really transparent and say like, Hey, like at what point are we going to like call it on this? Because you know, domestic private adoption is thou- like thousands of dollars. Right. And IVF thousands of dollars. And you know, I, even IUI, you know, I had a girlfriend that I reached out to that I knew did IUI and she was like, yeah, it was $800 each, each, time. And I was like, so then, then you have to have this hard conversation, you know, 
okay, well, at what point are we going to say, like, we can't throw all of this money? And, and then you feel guilty, right? Like, I feel, I yeah. feel even guilty now. Because you can't put a price that. on a child type Absolutely. of a thing. But, yeah. But you are, right? Yeah. You have to. You have to say, like, okay, I can't deplete our savings account and, you know, spend $20,000 on this that might not work, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then, you, you know, we don't, right, at this point, we don't even have any answers. Like my progesterone and TSH levels came back fine. I actually can go in for um, the three, like the cycle day three tests. Um, I think this cycle, I can finally do that because in um, August and September, my, the third day landed on a Sunday in the lab at my office my doctor's office isn't open on Sundays. So then I was like, well, okay, another month gone. Like I can't go in and get these, these other tests, the LH and FSH tests to see if anything's on there. But then from there, we're like, okay, well then we can do the HSG hopefully, but I don't know if my OB will do it. I don't know if I have to be referred out to this fertility specialist or the, you know, the RE. And then from there, it's like, okay, well, if I have to be referred, then I have to wait till January. And we're just like in this limbo spot where like, okay, well, what if something is wrong? Okay. And if it is, then how far are we going to go in order, like financially in order to pay for all of this? And I think that's also, like I said, like people don't talk about that, right? Like mm-hmm. talk about the financial burden of it. And then you feel guilty saying like, I can't, I can't spend $15,000 to maybe to, to try this because we, you know, we, we don't know, we can't deplete our savings account to do this. Right. And then what if it doesn't work? And then we spend all this money. And then there's the other part where we're like, well, maybe we should try because you can't put a price tag. And then you feel like a fucking crazy person because you're just like debating <laughs> all this shit in your head. And I'm just like, oh my God, I feel like a nut, nutcase. Like yeah. I'm, I'm angry one minute and sad the next minute. And like, I, I don't, I don't even know where to go. Like I legit I think I need anxiety medication because I can't even handle this anymore. Girl, like, I'm all for it. Zola yeah, over here. I, yep. I'm, I'm <laughs> into it, man. Like I've never <laughs> taken a medication before. <laughs> I I don't know. I, I just, I feel like I, it's like running through my head and I don't even know. And, and then I just, it's like, I, I always tell people or not always, like if someone asks how I'm doing, I'm like, I feel like this is just like an ocean, right? Like, I, one day I'm just sailing along and I'm fine. And then the next minute it's like a freaking tsunami and I can't even handle it. Like I just cry all day long. And I think I just, you know, there's just so many different levels and layers to it. And it's so hard when you don't, like, I think my, one thing that I found, like when I was listening to other women on the podcast, I think my story differs so much because I, I don't feel like I have the support. Um, you know, my, my best friends are brand new moms and I don't feel like I can call them up and be like, Hey, I, you know, <clears throat> I need, I, I'm really sad right now. And I know that I can, but I feel guilty, like burdening mm-hmm. them with like my pain when, you know, you slept four hours last night because your baby was up all night. And, and my simultaneously, my, my best friend, actually her son had, um, heart surgery when he was a day old and, um, they were up at, Seattle Children's for a month. And so I think I just didn't, you know, she's got her own emotions. And then <clears throat> I told my husband, I was like, I didn't realize like how hard it was going to be because I was rallying everybody. I had everybody send them cards. I went up there once a week and um, was messaging. Everyone didn't want to message her. So they were all messaging me about her baby. And, and then I sat down one night and I was like, Matt, I feel bad saying this, but I don't think I can do this anymore. Like, I don't think I can be like this stronghold for her because I, I'm, I'm having a lot of trouble feeling like 
empathy for her and her situation right now because I, in my head, I feel guilty saying this, but like in my head, I'm like, you, you still have your baby and I don't, you know, Mm -hmm. you're going through like the hardest thing you've ever gone through. Like your son just had two open heart surgeries in the the first month of his life. And yet you have a baby and I don't. And like, Mm -hmm. I feel again, like feel like a crazy person because I'm, I'm happy for her and he's healthy and he's fine. They're home and he's thriving and they're doing well, but I don't feel like I can say, Hey, like I just spent like three hours crying because I started my period. And I am sad when, you know, you, you know what I mean? Like, it's just shitty. Like, I feel like I have no one to really talk to about this on a daily basis. And it just sucks. Like I've heard so many other women be like, you know, my, my friends and family rallied around me and I, I have amazing friends and family, but I think maybe I just tried to be so strong that I, um, didn't allow them to be there for me. And now that I realize that I need them, I have to now ask for help, you know, yeah. as opposed to them. I did the same thing. I didn't allow my family to yeah. really be my support, but that's what, that's why I turned to the internet, which I think that might be what you're doing with this podcast. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. No, 100% my husband was like, wait, you're going to go on a podcast and, and tell your sto- our story. And I was like, I, I think I just need to do this. Like, I think that's what I need to do to try and start like this process healing. Right? yeah just get it all out there <laughs> yeah get it and off it, your back <laughs> totally and I think it's you know it's like I, I don't want to make my friends and family sound like assholes because they totally are wonderful but like I didn't allow them to be yeah. there and nobody knew like even my husband like sat my mother-in-law down and and we're really close she she watches our daughter you know once a week for us and takes her to school when when we're at work and um <clears throat> so he sat her down and was like hey mom like Diana's really struggling. Like you've got to, you've got to back off a little bit because she had like was sending me all these like pregnancy announcements and like so-and-so's pregnant and this person that. And, and I told him, I was like, this is a big trigger for me. And I think we got to tell mom that, and she had no idea. She was like, I didn't even know you guys were trying. Like I had no, I thought you guys had to wait. I thought you guys were taking a break. Like, and she even had offhandedly one day was like, Oh, you know, you know, your aunt so-and-so had, you know, a bunch of them. So if you need help, like, or whenever talk, you can call her. And I was like, a bunch of them? Like, what? <laughs> like, yeah, yes, she had a miscarriage, and I'm sure that that was really painful. But like, the way that she like worded it to me was very like, <laughs> oh, just just go call Aunt So and So. And I'm like, no, no, like I'm not gonna call. You know what I mean? And I just so he like was so kind, and so sweet, and like sat her down and and was like, hey, like this is actually really have been really difficult. And so I think now, yeah, I'm starting to realize like, okay, I need to. I need to just say, like, if someone says, like, via text, like, how are you doing? Like, I can't just be like, oh, I'm fine, you know, mm-hmm. because I'm, I'm not fine. And and I, I know you always ask for advice. I think that's one thing that I would totally say, like, if, if you're not fine, you need to say it. Like, don't try and put on a brave face because it just, it sort of, like, kicked me in the face, you know, like, I should have, uh, I think I, you know, tried to be strong and say, like, I'm okay, I'm okay, I'm okay. And it literally like five months later was like, Oh, okay. I'm not, I'm not okay. And, um, yeah, I, it, it sucks. Cause it's, you know, I, I, like I said, I don't want to make my friends and family seem like they're not supportive. They really, I know they really are, but instead of them just coming and being supportive, I think now I have to ask, I have to yeah. come to them, you know? And, and I think that's even harder, right? It's harder to admit that you like to ask for help than it is just to say like, I'm hurting, you know, mm-hmm. for sure. Oh, it's yeah. So, yeah, it's I can so relate tough. to that a lot. So, 
I, yeah. you know, I just, I was always like, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. Yeah. Don't talk to me about it. I'm good. <laughs> right. <laughs> to my well, friends and family and then on the internet, I'd be like, oh, it's not okay. <laughs> I know. And so then I, it feels a little crazy to reach out to strangers, right? <laughs> to like message, like, you know, so-and-so from the podcast and say, thanks. And then be like, wait, I haven't even told my, yeah. own. Yeah, they know my, my close friends and family know, but I, you know, it, it's wild. Like it's wild that you feel so much more confident <laughs> and okay telling a stranger or talking to, you know, people on the internet than you do your own friends and family. Totally. And it's, it's crazy. And yeah, I mean, I, it's, it's also funny. what's so cool about this, like whole community, right? Totally. I mean, absolutely. I think that that is, this podcast is amazing. And like I said previously, like I've been binge listening and I think that it's been so healing to hear that I'm not alone. Even, I mean, everyone says that, right? Like you're not alone. You're not alone. But then if you're not talking about it, you, you are right. Like Mm -hmm. you're feeling alone because you're not opening up. And, and I think that just like hearing everyone else's stories and hearing someone else say like, yeah, me too, you know, this happened to me or this is how I'm feeling or, you know, just to just, you know, scream obscenity like and just be like, ah, I'm so pissed. And like, you know what I mean? Like, it's just, it's nice to know that there are other people and that's so shitty to say, right? Like if I'm someone else <laughs> dealing with pain, like I don't want anyone else to be in pain, but like misery, I guess really does love company in some respects. Like you need to know that like, it's not just you, right? Mm-hmm. And God, this is just, it's just crap. Yeah. <laughs> it makes me so mad. And there's, and that's the thing, like there's no it, it is so common, which I hate it when people say that, like, it's not, yeah. helpful at all, but <clears throat> how do you feel when people say, this is like a totally random question, but I'm yeah. just curious based off of like how I feel, uh, when somebody says, I'm sorry, you know, it's funny. I actually, when I was thinking about like what I would say, I've heard you and many other people say that you don't want people to feel sorry for you. But mm-hmm. I think because I spent so much time trying to prove that I was okay. And now realizing that I really am struggling with this. I think I need to hear people say, I mean, I mean, not necessarily like, I'm sorry, but I need to hear people that, yeah, no, I guess yeah, yeah. acknowledge to validate that this has been hard. And I, it doesn't bother me. Like, I feel like I feel, um, support from that. Right. Like I need for people yeah. to say, like, I don't know what you're going through and I can't say anything that's going to make it better, but do you want to talk about it? Like, that's really what I need to hear. Or, you know, I'm sorry that you're going through this. Like, I think I need to hear that more than anything. It's not a trigger for me at all. Um, I feel like I, because I felt like I've been so guarded and and just like private about it all. And again, because I've had heard people be so shameful to other people and I want to be public about it. Like if someone brings it up, like I'll, I'll tell you know, the mom in the grocery store, like, yeah, and, you know, I, <laughs> me too. Right. Like, which is probably way too much, but like, again, like I don't, I, I want to smash that stigma. Like I don't want it to be a thing. And now I'm secretly struggling. Like I want to, I want to tell everybody, but I feel so bad, like guilty and shameful, like putting it out there. And I mean, and that's the other thing too. You, you see people say like, you know, I know one of your pet peeves is people only show the good on mm-hmm. uh, Instagram and Facebook. And I don't want to be one of those people. And I will, like, you know, say like, okay, like not on how to tantrum today or a meltdown. And, you know, one day I took her to gymnastics and she was a monster. And then I realized I had fed her like legitimately <laughs> 11 o'clock. I like did not, not fed my child, which 
made me feel like a horrible. And I put that, you know, I put that on the Instagram story. Mm-hmm. Like, guys, I didn't feed my kid today. Like, so I'm not trying to pretend I'm a perfect mom, but I think when it comes to like my own mental health, like there's so much stigma around like, you know, depression. You have to be ready for judgment. That's for sure. Totally. Yeah. And if you're not there mindset wise yet, like there's no, there, there's nothing wrong with that. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. cause you do, you have to be ready for judgment if you're going to throw it out there because like your husband's friend, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, there and are I, people who just think it's a little too much. Right. Right. And it's, I get it, but that's also part of the loneliness. Whole, yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. I don't know. I think that um, it's just, I wish that, you know, we could, things like this podcast are going to be, you know, it's, it's getting bigger. And, you know, I follow, um, I, I had a miscarriage. She is a, a do you follow her on Instagram? No, what is, no, she is, so. uh, she's a, a, I think she's a psych, she might be a psychiatrist. She worked with women with miscarriage and pregnancy loss. And she started the campaign, um, like the hashtag I had a miscarriage and that's actually what her name is on Instagram. And I heard her her on a different podcast and, um, she, she worked with women that suffered trauma from, you know, pregnancy and, and, um, you know, infant loss. And, um, she then too had her own miscarriage at 16 weeks. And, um, that's why she started the campaign. Cause she was like, I want for this to be big, but again, like, see, you haven't heard of it. And so I, you know, I'm I messaging her right now. As we speak. <laughs> you can put her on the podcast. I know. I'm like, Hey girl, we're talking about you right now. You want yeah. to be on the podcast? <laughs> no, totally. So I heard her on another podcast and that's how I found her. And I think like I had said, I don't know if we were recording when I had said that, but that's how I found you was on another podcast. I think maybe like a infertility one or, and so I feel like it's just wild to me that it's, it is so common and we're still not talking about it. Right. Like we're still not able to like hop on socially and say like me too, like I'm one in four and, and you know, possibly one in eight, like we don't know if we can, if we're going to be able to conceive naturally or we're going to need help. And it's just so we need, we need to talk about it. And I too am guilty of that. Right. Like I'm guilty of say, like of keeping it quiet because you feel shameful. And I just am like, how do we smash this? Like, how do we like break down this barrier and this wall so that we can like not feel alone and feel sane? I mean, I don't really know if I'll ever feel sane peeing on like 13, you know, pregnancy tests and, you know, <laughs> a month's time span. But I mean, I think that's part of the crazy of it, which is, by the way, we should probably like buy stock in like, I don't know, first response. Oh, right. We spend so much money on these damn pregnancy tests. And oh, I don't even know. But <laughs> yeah, that's part of the I crazy. feel you, girl. I feel you. And I think everyone listening feels you too. So, uh, God, I, I, so, so. I so appreciate you jumping on and just kind of like letting all your emotions out there. And, um, Thank you. you know, just, I hope it, helps you in the healing process too. Just kind of like throwing it out there and you're going to connect with so many women by doing this too. So that's really cool. But if somebody does want to reach out to you, Instagram, is that the best way? Yeah, totally. Okay. Awesome. And I, as always, will link that in the description of this episode, reach out you guys. Um, That's what this community is for, is just for all of us to connect. So thank you so much for jumping on and sharing your story, especially because you haven't like right no publicly thank you right no I appreciate you allowing me to I think it's definitely going to help for sure 
Awesome. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure you share it with a friend who could find it useful or share it on your Instagram stories. Tag myself, tag my guest so that we can personally thank you. This is a lamb fam, you guys. We're not in this alone. We're creating this ripple effect together. 